welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I'm going to continue with part two of a message which I began last week called Travelling Light. Travelling Light. And there's a message inspired by Matthew 11:28. 28. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says this, Come to me, this is Jesus speaking, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Everyone say that with me. I will give you rest. You want to sleep. You're resting this morning. Let's try that again. I'll say it nicely. I say things nicely twice. And then my grace stops abounding. And I will give you rest. Oh, I forget it. We'll move on. Jesus goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is light. Last week I asked you, in light of this promise, in light of what Jesus has said, that his burden is light, that his yoke is easy, What a wonderful promise, yeah? Well, in light of that, here's my question for you again this morning. How light is your burden? That burden that you're carrying right now, how light does it feel? He promises that his burden is light. Is your burden light right now? And my contention is that if it's not light this morning, it's for two reasons. You've either not asked Jesus to help you carry that burden, Or maybe you're carrying burdens that you were never designed to carry. Because we're all carrying burdens. Anyone else with me carrying a burden this morning? I'm carrying burdens right now. I mean, I often cry out to God and shake my fist and say, God, this is too hard. I can't handle this. I can't handle the weight of this. When will my wife realize that I'm just never, ever, ever in the wrong? Lord, come on. Anyone else feel my pain here? Some of you may be thinking right now, God, my weight right now, where will my parents realize that I do actually know everything? Lord, grant them that revelation, please. Some of you may be thinking, oh, if my boss could just see that I could run this company much better than him. If we could just see, and you're carrying that weight, I feel your pain, brother. I, I, I certainly do. Because we're all carrying that. But the difference is going to be this how well we appropriate this incredible promise that Jesus made, that his burden is light. Now, he's not talking about the absence of suffering. He's not saying that. In fact, he said you'll suffer. He said in this life you'll have trouble. But in that life, in that trouble, he promises that he will make those burdens light. Isn't that amazing? So last week, we looked at some things that we need to do. Who remembers what we need to do last week? Anyone? No? We're to walk into 2011 with the right company. The wrong company will weigh us down, will weary us. 2011 may be a year where we part company with certain company. We also looked at the fact that we need to walk into this year gracefully. Not under legalism, but gracefully. Why do we do what we do? We need to ask ourselves that. What are our motives? Are we doing things to get approved? Are we doing things to please man? Or are we doing things... Because we want to please God. Because we seek Him. Because we love Him. And why do we seek Him? Do we seek Him to get something out of Him? 
Or do we seek him simply because he's worthy, because we love him? Do we do for him simply because of all that he's done for us and we're so grateful? How much time do we spend in the presence of God enjoying him, enjoying his company, rather than trying to seek something from him? If you don't, then maybe, maybe you need to walk into this year a lot more gracefully and get rid of the legalism on your life and do things simply because he's worthy. We may need to travel into this year focused. That was something else, just a quick recap. Focusing in the future, focusing in his word, focusing in his name, focusing in where he wants to take us, not where we've been. Focusing on his incredible word and his incredible promises. Focus is a powerful thing. We become what we focused on. So I asked last week, what are you focusing on into this year? Um, one of the illustrations that I gave last, last week was that I've been traveling into South America and uh, I need to travel light. I can't travel with uh, everything, and including the kitchen sink. I can't do that. We, uh, we travel with a six-month-old baby, a six-year-old boy, my wife, myself, and we traveled with a backpack and uh, a suitcase, and that was it. People couldn't believe it. So many of you asked me, were you, were you exaggerating? Were you, what about underwear? What about, you know, some of you got, you know, it, was, it shocked you, but it's true. We did it because I need to travel light. And I saw so many people in the airport with baggage hanging off every limb, literally. I was walking like the baggage carousel. And uh, I looked at that and God gave me a picture that that's how many people live their lives. Walking through life full of stuff and baggage and things that they were never designed to carry. Full of stuff that weighs them down. And so, hence this message about traveling light. And I finished with a scripture from 1 Peter 5, 7, which I love. Love this scripture. Simply says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So this morning, I'm going to simply ask you to cast whatever anxiety you have on him because he cares for you and he wants you to travel light into this year and into the rest of your lives. Now, there are many things that we weren't designed to carry. And we're going to talk about some of those things this morning. One of the things that God has put in my heart for you this morning. And uh, hopefully they're going to help us travel a little bit lighter as we go through this year. And uh, we don't have to worry about things that we're not supposed to be worried about. So the first thing that I want to talk about this morning is this. We're to cast on Jesus our anxiety, our worry. Oh, sorry, our weariness. Sorry, our weariness. Getting ahead of myself. In um, Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, it says this. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Isn't that interesting? That's the rest that Jesus promises. Rest for your souls. He doesn't promise that he will take you away supernaturally to an incredible Caribbean island and surround you with incomparable comfort. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I will take you out of your work and uh, I will give you comfort and rest and relaxation under the sun. He doesn't say that. He said, I will give you rest, but I will give you rest for your souls, your very beings, who you are, your hearts, your spirits. That's the rest that Jesus promises, rest for your souls. 
We were designed to work hard. We were designed to be at it for him, to be spent for him. But as we wear ourselves out, as we spend ourselves for him and on him, then we can come back to him and receive that rest for our souls. That's what he's promising. And what happens when we receive that rest for ourselves, for ourselves is this. In my case, peace and perspective comes. Doesn't matter what the situation is, he won't remove you from the chaos necessarily. He won't remove you from the hard work that you're involved in. In fact, as I said, that's what you're meant to be doing. But as you remove yourself from it, the circumstances won't change, but you will change. You will receive rest for your souls. You will receive the peace and the perspective that you need to be able to get back into it, get back into the chaos, get back into the hard work, and be at it for him again. That's the rest that he promises you and offers you. Jesus was beset all the time by people wanting things from him. You know, Lord, the multitudes are here for you to heal. What was often his response? Oh, they're here? Great, let us go away. I need to go and pray. Oh, the multitudes are here. They need you to um, teach them about the kingdom of heaven. Oh, really? Great, let us go up to this mountain and pray all night. Isn't that amazing? That was Jesus' response. He withdrew. He had rest for his soul. Um, Therefore, we need to cast our weariness on him. How else is he going to fulfill that promise unless we come to him? Where do you go? In your exhaustion, when you're completely worn out, what do you do? Some of you look at this promise and you go, really? My, My burden should be light? It's not. Well, no wonder. Do we go to him? Do we go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need the perspective, I need the peace, I need the rest. Grant me that rest. I'll be honest, when, I, when I'm really busy, I get more busy. And uh, my wife often has to say, okay, slow down, stop. Slow down, stop. And I try, oh, well, what about this? No, no, quiet, stop. And I, and I start freaking out, and I, get, I get anxious about things, and she just knows that I need time with God. It's more to get me out of her hair more than anything else, but it's like, it's like, Darling, you need, to, you need to spend time with I'm freaking out. I'm there. What do with these one? And that, and, and that thing and that person. And that. She goes, Darling, it's time for you to go and spend some time with God. And I'm like, Oh, yes, yeah, true. And I walk away. I get into my study. And I spend time with God. And I come out with the peace and the perspective. In Matthew 12, we hear this account where um, the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus. And uh, my immediate re- reaction to that is, Jesus, why didn't you let him have it? Come on, they wanted to kill you. Come on, you, could have, you could have shown them who was boss. You could have let him have it. You know? What did he do? He goes, oh, they want to kill me? No problems. Let's go up to this mountain and pray all night. Like, dude, come on. What? You, you, could, you could destroy them. But no, he went back to get the perspective that he needed. What did he do in the Garden of Gethsemane when it was all too hard? When he didn't want to experience that separation from the Father? When he bowed down before the Lord and said, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Any other way but this. Peace and perspective. There was a joy set before him, which led him to the cross to die for us. Jesus wants to give us rest for our souls, but we need to seek him for that rest. So when we come to him for that rest, you know what also happens? We get the uh, physical rest that we need. I mean, there's a reason why people can't get to sleep. I truly believe this. They haven't received the peace and the restoration and the rest that their souls require. I mean, how many of you have gone to bed 
absolutely exhausted. Your body hurts. You've been sweating all day. You, you, just, you just can't even take another step forward. You lay down in bed. You go, oh, about time. You close your eyes and within five seconds, ding. And you start going through the day. You start going through all the things that you should have done. And all the things, if you're like me, that you shouldn't have done. And you go play them over and over again. Am I alone in that? Does anyone else do that? I truly believe people do that for one reason. They haven't received the rest that Jesus promises. That rest for their souls. Where they've been able to go away and just receive from him. And still their soul. Still their heart. Still their very being. It's, it's, that's an epidemic in Australia right now. People can't sleep. People can't sleep. I talk to so many young people and older people as well. They just they can't get to them. Now, that happens to me from time to time. But if it's a pattern, if you live there, I tell you, you can try. I'm not against medication and counseling. You can do all that, but also incorporate this spiritual promise that Jesus has for you. Include that in, in your arsenal. Include that in your tactics. Get before God and say, Jesus, I need this rest that you promised. Please give it to me. Australia can't get to sleep. All you've got to do is read Facebook. Some of the Facebook posts about four o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm still up, bored, bored as. Anyone keen for hangs? Five, five o'clock in the morning. I'm there, dude, you should be asleep. And people complain, I just can't sleep. You know, anyone, anyone up? Anyone, you know, with me that can't get to sleep as well? And I, I just think... What you need to do, get before God, get perspective, find out what it is that you're actually supposed to be doing with your lives, get busy doing it, and then you'll be tired enough to be able to get to bed. Those of you that can't get to sleep, here's a little tactic for you, okay? Get up at six in the morning, have a workout, spend time with Jesus, work your bottom off for about eight hours, come home, cook tea, clean your house, talk to people, and I'll tell you, you go to bed and you'll be exhausted. You will be exhausted. But you need to get the perspective that you need to get to be able to do that. So get before God and stop calling people for hangs at 5.30 in the morning. So in order to travel light, we need to come to Jesus and cast our weariness on him because he cares and he will give rest for our souls. Something else that we need to bring before him, are, and I love this one, because I have many. We need to bring before him our weaknesses. Our weaknesses. They all start with were today. I didn't mean to do that. I don't like to do that. I think it's a bit cheesy, but that's the way it happened. Okay? So we bring before him our weariness, and we bring before him our weaknesses as well. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says this, That is why, for Christ's sake, and I'm not swearing, that's what it says, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. What a promise. How interesting is that? Jesus doesn't want us to see our weaknesses as a source of failure, but as a potential for greatness. It's a potential for victory. When we are weak, then he, he, he can be strong. What an incredible promise. We don't have to be burdened down by our weaknesses. We don't have to let them disqualify us. 
Whatever weaknesses that might be, we bring them before him. Because as we bring them before him, he can then pour out his power, his wisdom, his spirit into those weaknesses and displays incredible power. It's the fulfillment of that other great promise in Romans 8.28 when he says that he will make everything work out for the good of those who love him. Everything. That means that all your good bits, all your good things, great. You can give them to him and he can, you can triumph and you can do really well. And praise Jesus, you've brought him glory and honor with all that you can do well. But in your weaknesses, you can give them to him and he will turn them around and use them also for his glory and pour out his incredible power. So we're to cast our weaknesses on Jesus as well. All those things where you don't measure up. All those failures, all those things you can't do really well, all those things you envy in other people, bring them before him. Bring them before him, and he can change them and pour out his power. i got many weaknesses. I was just with friends last night having dinner and uh, talking about some of my weaknesses before Jesus, and uh, that still happens sometimes. I, used to have a, I know you wouldn't think so now, looking at me now. Guapo, spiritual super giant that I am now. But I used to have an anger management problem. I know. And I'm so nice now. I know that. But some people that have known me since I was 10 know me slightly differently. And uh, it's something that God has, to, uh, has dealt with me and healed me. But it happens. It comes out every now and again. And uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm confessing here. Uh, a while ago, I was riding my bike. I was going for a bit of a workout. And I was feeling very spiritual. I was actually talking to God at the time. And uh, this guy comes past me, he beeps his horn, and he starts abusing me because he was saying that I cut him off. And he actually stops his car uh, in front of my bike and gets out. And he wants to come and have a go at me. And the spiritual giant before you didn't um, seek Jesus, didn't pray, didn't you know, want to turn the other cheek. I thought, let's bring it. <laughs> bring it on. I didn't do anything wrong. You want to come and get great? I click my pedal. I throw my bike down. And we stand, we like face to face. And the things that were coming out of my mouth. We'll leave it at that. Uh, I just, as I was saying, I'm thinking, who's this person speaking? (laughs) This isn't me anymore. But there was something, it just just triggered something. And truth be known, I I can get a little bit angry on the road. I can get a little bit uh, easily annoyed on the road. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm abusing this guy. He's abusing me. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, anyway, I, yeah, I won't give you too much detail, but we, we were at it. And I'm thinking, oh, man. My first thought as you know, a little bit of sanity came in was, what if this dude comes to church on Sunday? <laughs> and what if I'm at the door while I'm preaching? <laughs> Love you, brother. Welcome. <laughs> so, so, Christians aren't hypocrites, no. So I thought, oh, man. So, so we... God's grace came, it, uh, we, we stopped, nothing eventuated, we walked away. But I, I went to God, and I went, oh Lord, I have a weakness here. This is, this is an on, this is an on. I should have just kept going. I mean, I believe in defending yourself if, if, you're, if you have to, but if you don't have to, then, you know, walk away. It's not worth it, walk away. You know, so I got before God, and I'm like, God, my wife always tells me that I've got a problem on the roads, that I do react the way I shouldn't react sometimes. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I think, God, I think I've got a big weakness here. I really do. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I, I, I bring this before you. I bring this before you. And God tests you straight away. It's amazing. I've been cut off every time that I've been on a bike since. <laughs> but I just smile and wave now. I just go, sorry, your fault, but I'm sorry. 
And I just keep going. And God has given me this grace now. It's amazing. Like I feel strong now. I, I, I won't get into a confrontation now. Maybe when I'm driving, I know maybe it's a bit different still. People can still annoy me. But when I'm on the bike, I actually let people go now. And it's, and it's great. God's power was made perfect in my ridiculous weakness that I couldn't back off this guy. And that's what he wants to do in your life. As we give Jesus all of our weaknesses, this is what he says. He says, I will display, I make my power perfect in weakness. How good is that? Take time now. Think about your weaknesses now. Whatever they may be. In fact, choose one. Whatever your biggest weakness you reckon may be. And now think of that incredible invitation that Jesus makes for you. That whatever that weakness is, he can make his power perfect in that weakness. No matter what it is. He can take your anger management problem and turn you into a great warrior for God. He can take your addiction, heal you, restore you, and use you to save and heal others. He can take your lack of knowledge, your lack of education, and pour out so much wisdom that you would confound every expert. He can take whatever weakness you have right now and display his awesome power because that's the sort of God he is. He can take the lowly, take him into high places. He will exalt the humble. He will take the uneducated and turn him into spiritual giants because that's the God that he is. He can take whatever weakness you have right now and display his awesome, awesome transforming power. Martin Luther said it like this. He said, um, you know, God will use anything. He'll use the filth of man and transform it. He'll take man's lust to drive them into marriage. He will take man's ambition to drive them into service. And he'll take man's fear to drive them into faithfulness. Yeah. There's nothing that God can't use. Nothing that God can't use. We can't lose. We can't possibly lose if we take this promise on, if we walk it out, if we appropriate it into our lives. So as you travel into 2011, don't worry about, the, don't worry about your weaknesses. Don't let them hold you back anymore. Don't let them burden you anymore. In order to travel light, we need to come to Jesus and cast all our weaknesses on him because when we are weak, then he is strong whatever that may be. Something else that God put in my heart for this morning also starts with a word, like I said, and it's this. We're to bring him our worries. This is a big one. This is a huge one. We're to bring him our worries. Matthew 6, 34 says this. Therefore, do not worry. <laughs> See, I'm such a deep theologian. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Therefore, do not worry. Isn't that interesting? He's not suggesting. Jesus is not exhorting. He's not saying, giving you a guideline here. To me, it almost reads like a command. When God says, do not, that's a command, I think. He's actually commanding you, his people, to not worry. Do not worry. Now, you might be thinking, that's easy for God to say. He doesn't know my situation. What about my mortgage? What about you know, my future? What about my this? God knows all that. 
But I'm sorry to tell you that despite the fact that he knows all that, he's also telling you to not worry about those things. To make a conscious decision to not worry about those things. I struggle with it. Everybody struggles with it. There's an example in Mark 13, and I'm going to read to you. It's not up on the screen. Um, And this is one of the reasons why God asks you, in fact, I believe tells you not to worry. It says, just, just listen to it. It says, whenever you, it, it, Jesus is talking to, um, to his disciples, warning them about what's going to happen because they're going to get arrested for preaching the gospel. And he says, whenever you're arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever's given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Just say whatever's given you at the time. See, God is a God who provides. God will provide what you need at the time. Not when you don't need it, but at the time. And so we need to cast all our worries on Jesus. Worry is something that I think everybody suffers from it. We all struggle with it. I worry. I worry about things. You know, we worry about the past, the present, the future. We worry about, you know, death, Satan, uh, the enemy, the enemies of God. We, We worry about all sorts of things. We worry about our fears. I don't worry about my fears. I've got fears. And we all worry about our fears all the time. And if you, if you know anything about fears, there are heaps of fears. There are billions of fears. Fear, people are afraid of everything. Frogs, mountains, trees. There's phobias for everything. Who knows what the biggest phobia is in the world? The biggest two. The biggest fear known to mankind is this. Not me. <laughs> Well, it might be me first thing in the morning, but the biggest fear known to mankind is public speaking. Number two, guess what it is? Death. Public speaking, number one. Death is number two. People would rather die than publicly speak. That's just crazy. That means that if you're at a funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. Sorry, I'm an old Seinfeld fan. Sorry, it was there. But people worry about their fears. People worry about their worries. And God is saying, do not worry. I mean, I, I used to be fearless. I used to be like, I had no worry. But then I had children. Now I worry about everything. I'm scared of everything. Suddenly I do care about the driving age. I think it should be risen to 50 now. <laughs> Suddenly I do care about the environment. I'm a greenie now. I want to save the planet now for my great-grandchildren. I worry about everything now. Well, so, sort of. So I want to come before God and say, God, you've said do not worry. I think we need to take it as seriously as that. We need to take it as the command that it is. Do not worry. When we cast our worries on Jesus, this is what happens. This is why he says not to worry about it. Because we realize that we shouldn't worry about that which we can't do anything about. If you think about your worries right now, I guarantee you that most of the worries that you have right now are things that you're worried about into the future. They're all worries of what ifs. What if I don't get a partner? What if I lose my partner? What if I don't get a job? What if I have to stay at my job? What if I don't get invited to that party? Oh, what if I go to that party and people don't talk to me? 
What if, what if, what if? I guarantee you that most of your worries right now are into the future. Which, and God is saying to you, don't worry about those things. Those things are in the future. You can't do anything about them right now. Worry about only today. I am the God who provides. He won't give you tomorrow's strength today. He will give you today's strength today so you deal with whatever is happening right now in your day today. God will provide. When the time comes, just like he told his disciples, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say, so don't worry. He's telling you the same thing this morning, that when that moment comes, then he will provide. He will give you what you need. He will give you the wisdom and the direction that you need at the time. So don't worry about that which you can't do anything about. Do not worry. God is a God who provides, and He will provide the strength that you need tomorrow. Tomorrow. Doesn't matter how much you beg for it, how much you fast, how much you pray. Doesn't matter if you stay up all night and, 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 and say, God, help. He won't. It's just, it's just a rule, it's just a spiritual rule. I love it the way Tone put it a while ago. He's talking about the, God's grace abounding in every situation. And he said, grace comes in 24-hour packages. And I truly believe that. I've tested God on that. You know, and I've sought God, and I said, God, I, I need help. And I, and I do focus on the day, and I do focus on what I got to do on that day. Peace comes. Strength comes. Wisdom comes. But when I, try and, when, I, when I start fretting about the things in the future, I keep on fretting. He won't give you tomorrow's strength tomorrow. He will give you today's strength today. Imagine, imagine your five-year-old, you know, can't get, can't, he can't get to sleep. He's freaking out. You go and say, what's wrong? And he says, well, I'm just, I just I can't get to sleep. I'm a bit worried about, I just, I just don't know what super plan to, uh, to have in my life. I don't know how I'm going to pass those year 12 exams. What would you say to him? Say, buddy, I mean, kids, and kids do that. Kids worry about things that they shouldn't worry about. It's in our nature. What do we as parents say to them? We say, you shouldn't worry about that right now. Don't worry about it. It'll take care of itself. When the time comes, you'll know what to do. When the time comes, you know, it's, it's okay. You will receive the direction. And I believe that that's what God is saying to all of us in our worries right now. Most of them are in the future. I'd say 99.9% of them are in the future. And he's saying, don't worry. Don't fret about that. Don't worry about that. Just look to what you've got to do today. Get through today. And then when that time comes... Whatever that issue may be, I will provide for, for you. I'm not talking about being irresponsible and not plan. I believe in planning. I believe in you know, projecting for the future. I believe in vision. I believe in all of that. But when we've made our best plans, when we've done all the things that we can do to project into the future, just leave it with him. Like I said, it doesn't matter how much you fret or freak out, you're going to continue to fret and freak out. That's why he says, do not worry. So in order to travel light, we to come to Jesus and cast our worries on him. We, look, we had a, a series not long ago about the um, attributes of God, the names of God. And one of the things that we looked at was the fact that he is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And there's a wonderful psalm, Psalm 23, that most of us know. And there's an incredible promise in that psalm. He says that he will lead you beside quiet waters. It's talking about your soul again. He will lead you beside quiet waters. That's where your shepherd, Jesus, wants to lead you. If you're not beside quiet waters, 
And my contention is that perhaps you followed a different shepherd. Maybe a shepherd of your worries or a shepherd of issues or a shepherd of someone else. But Jesus, your true shepherd, he wants to lead you beside those quiet waters. That's why he can promise you rest for your souls. That's why he can promise you that he'll take on your weaknesses and pour out his incredible power through them. That's why he says, do not worry. If you follow me, this is where you should be, beside these quiet, still waters. Now, he's not meaning literally. He's meaning peace for your souls, rest for your spirits. That's what he's talking about. So I truly believe that in order to travel light into this year and into our future, we need to get rid of the things. I started by saying we, we, we carry things that we weren't designed to carry. That's the reason why so many of us struggle. We weren't designed to carry these worries. We weren't designed to carry all these, all these burdens and all these, all these issues and all these inferiority complexes that we feel because of our weaknesses. We weren't designed to do that. We're designed to walk following our incredible shepherd who's going to lead us beside those quiet waters which will steal our souls. Can I get the worship team to come up, please? There's no wonder that Jesus says, my burden is light. There's no wonder he says and promises in that scripture that we started with in 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares. Cast all your anxieties on him, your weariness, your weaknesses, your worries, and whatever other anxieties that start with word, which I haven't mentioned, or whatever other uh, burdens that you have right now that start with, that doesn't matter. You can cast anything on him. And that's just my simple prayer for you this morning, that we be a people that are faithful enough to accept his word. I'm not, not making up psychology here. I'm not... I'm just telling you what God's word says. That we be a people who are simple enough, faithful enough, obedient enough. Say, okay, Lord, I, I see your word. I hear your word. I can actually cast every anxiety on you. And I love that word, cast. It doesn't say, you know, feebly come before me and hope for the best. It doesn't say, oh, you know, try me. You know, I may not receive it from you, but just try me anyway. No, you're saying Cast. You picture casting. He's saying, pick it up and throw it at me. You're not, that's how passionate he is about it. Pick it up and just chuck it at me because you're not supposed to be carrying it. That's why your burdens are not light. But that's why I can promise that my burdens are and my yoke is easy. Can we stand, please? I just want to pray for us this morning. We can hear God's word. We can understand God's word. And some of us may even believe God's word, which is great. But in order to be able to walk out this promise, we need the power of God at work in our lives. We need His help. It's where His Spirit comes and fills us and can help us to walk out these promises. So I just want to pray for us that we are able to be that people, that we can actually walk this out in our lives. We can appropriate it into our lives and be able to fulfill God's word and will for us. So if you would close your eyes with me, I'd love to just pray for all of us here this morning. Heavenly Father, we just uh, come before you and uh, we acknowledge our need for you.
We acknowledge, Lord, that many of us, during many times, do carry things that we weren't designed to carry, do carry things that you don't want us to carry. And then we complain and bicker and shake our fists. Father, we recognize that your word gives us a whole different standard. Your word gives us a whole different promise. Your word promises that your burden is light and that your yoke is easy. And so, Father, in light of that promise, we come before you this morning and we do indeed cast our anxieties on you right now. We do it in trust. We do it in faith. We do it in love, O God, because you have said that we can do it. Because you love us and irrespective of where we've been, what we've done, your love is constant. It does not change like shadows. You receive us as we are, such as your amazing abounding grace. And so this morning, O God, we cast on you all our worries. We cast on you all our weaknesses. We cast on you all our weariness. And Lord, everything else that has us heavy laden this morning, Lord, we bring it and we leave it at the foot of your cross, O God. And we thank you in advance for the freedom. We thank you in advance for the redemption that you have for your people, that we may indeed travel light, travel victorious, travel, O God, in the abundance and the fullness of all your blessings and all your promises. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can do this. Such is your amazing grace. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.